Welcome to the Well Women Co. podcast, where we believe that women who count themselves worthy of being well change the world. I'm your host, Brooke Peterson, author, entrepreneur, and founder of Well Women Collaborative. My story begins by being set free in an instant from disordered eating and poor self-image for over a decade, which you can read all about in my latest book, Food Freedom, Stop Hiding and Uncover Who You're Meant to Be. I not only made peace with my body, I stepped boldly into the life God originally intended for me. Now I'm on a mission to help other women experience vibrant health as they pursue the call on their heart. Wellness begins by breaking free from disordered thinking. Sister, it's time to tune out comparison and tune into the truth about who you were created to be. If you're ready for fresh wellness perspectives, real-life tactics, and honest conversations to help you live the life you were designed for, you've come to the right place. Don't forget to listen all the way to the end for a single key takeaway to take you one step forward in your wellness journey today. Welcome to the Well Women Co. podcast. Women who count themselves worthy of being well change the world. Will you join us? Hey, it's me real quick. Are you in the middle of a transition? Are you unclear about your purpose? Do you crave to make a greater impact but not sure where to begin? Has your progress stalled in the pursuit of your big dream or goal? Listen, I know what it's like to feel alone in a dream. I know what it feels like to lay in bed at night wondering, is there something more for me to step into? That is why we have put together a free five-day Align and Prosper email course that you can complete in about five minutes a day that will help you get clear about how to get back into alignment with your core desires and your God-given calling to take strategic action. You will dust your vision off and experience greater confidence and joy about where you're headed and how to get there in five days. Also, something great you can do with a friend or with your family. So why wait? Activate your free five-day Align and Prosper course right now in the show notes or at bit.ly backslash free well course. That's bit.ly backslash free well course. I want to help you get clear and confident in the next five days about your God-given purpose. So head over to bit.ly backslash free well course and activate your free Align and Prosper course today. Welcome back to our Pivot series. Today, we have a special guest who is talking about how to pivot in relationships. And today, we're talking about something pretty heavy that, unfortunately, way too many people have experienced, either personally or with close friends or family members. We're talking about divorce. And today's guest has been through that really hard experience and Thankfully, she has a story that is full of redemption and hope, which is why we're bringing her on the show today. 
So whether or not you have experienced divorce personally, we've all experienced relational hardships, right? And disappointments. So no matter where you are on that spectrum, there's going to be keys today that will help you to, as Ellie says, reclaim those relationships and step into hope and healing. So let's get right into it. So to be honest, giving health tactics is pretty easy um, to help women improve in their well-being. I can say get more sleep, uh, move often, bonus points for marathoning, which our guest has completed today. Um, <laughs> I didn't complete one today, but okay. I did. Yeah, I did yeah. complete one. You did it before interview? No, I didn't. Actually, uh, I've done two, but not today. Yes. <laughs> Um, and you know, my, my recent book, Food Freedom, there's all these amazing tactics for improving and leveling up your well-being, but relationships are also a critical component of our well-being. And I truly believe we're not meant to do life alone. Yeah. Um, with that, there's risk, right? There's risk in any human relationship. And the most vulnerable, one of the most vulnerable is marriage. Um, you're essentially dying to your independence in exchange for a covenant relationship with another imperfect human being. So what happens when brokenness or trauma happens in relationship or in a marriage? I think a lot. And it affects our well-being in a really massive way. And so today's episode is not just, although it especially is for those who have walked through the, the pain and heartbreak of divorce, but it's for anyone who's experienced rejection in a meaningful mm-hmm. relationship or trauma in any way. So um, with that being said, I'm so honored to have Ellie Herringshaw on the podcast today. Thanks, Brooke. Yes. It's so exciting. I'm a huge fan of what you're doing. Mm. It's so important. And this is just, yeah, it means a lot to be here. So thank you. Well, I'm glad to have you. And we'll talk later about Hope Reclaimed and what you're yeah. doing on your podcast and your ministry. Um, but it's just a joy to journey together, get to know you and hear your story. So why don't you just start off by sharing a little bit of your background, yeah. where you came from, and we'll we'll get into it. Yeah, um, grew up in St. Paul, Minnesota. Most of my life, um, my, my parents were in ministry. My dad was a pastor, my mom a worship leader. So I grew up in the church. I grew up sort of like, you know, surrounded by... Um, what was told to me about who God is and what he's like and then who I am because of that and yeah. um, and really did really did um, make my faith my own at a very young age um, but it was really later on that all of that was tested and sort of put mm-hmm. through the fire but we'll talk about that too but I, I went to <laughs> I went to college um, University of Northwestern um, it was then Northwestern College um, and I'm a photographer, uh, by trade. So I own a photography business called Twin Cities Headshots and, um, yeah, enjoy doing that. Um, not as much full-time right now as my ministry is growing, but yeah. That's and where did me. you just spend about six months? Yes. Not six months. I was only, it was only three and a half. Like <laughs> it did. Um, well for me, it kind of went by really fast, but, um, I was in Honolulu, Hawaii Um, So I was there with um, some really, really good friends, and um, I was there working on the book that the Lord has laid on my heart to write, Um, and, you know, following in the footsteps of other amazing women like yourself who have inspired me to put my story on paper. So yeah, yeah, hopefully 
soon that will get out into the world and people will be able to read it but amazing in the meantime I'm just like oh my gosh this is really scary it's scary yeah but it's very scary but I love it I think a lot of our listeners and our followers are also entrepreneurial in the sense that they have a message yeah exactly like I have something to say and Mm -hmm. so I think that they'll be excited to follow you in your journey as just another woman who's doing it who's stepping into that owning her message um it's something so um critical to I think what we do here. So yeah, I, I love your, your story and your background and probably some can relate of like a great life, a great family, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, securing your faith and, yeah. you know, stepping into these creative passions as, um, careers, etc. Um, so why don't we just talk a little bit about meeting your, um, your husband mm-hmm. and what that journey looked like for you? Yeah. Yeah. So I met, um, I had the, I really did have an amazing life. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, I, it was everything I really wanted and what I thought I wanted. I, um, I got married, um, two days before I turned 21 years old wow. to, um, to a man that I met a couple years prior. Um, and my, my family knew him very well. Um, we, we were, we just had so much fun together. Um, just a stunningly beautiful wedding mm-hmm. that I wanted. And, um, wore a gorgeous vintage gown and my grandmother's veil and mm. you know it was just like amazing and then right after we got married I moved out of my parents home and moved into the house that he bought for us um with the white picket fence like literally <laughs> there was a white picket fence and um yeah I knew our marriage wasn't perfect because no marriage is um I knew that there were things that we wanted to work on and um you know, I just thought that those were kind of growing pains of marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was like, well, this is what it is. I'm willing to work on it. But when you make a covenant, um, I really did have that kind of that mentality of this is, this is a covenant. This is forever. Um, I, yes, I was young, but I really believed. Mm -hmm. Um, and I kind of, I, I knew what I was getting into, you know, I knew that this is for, this Mm -hmm. is for forever. Um, so I really never, for a moment thought that he would betray me, um, that, that's our, our covenant, our vows would be, um, would be kind of null and void in Mm -hmm. a sense, because, um, because I did find out five and a half years into our marriage. Um, this was about three years ago that, um, that he was unfaithful to me and that he was, um, engaged in a, um, in an affair with, um, a coworker that Mm -hmm. had begun before we were even married. So the affair began before that gorgeous day in wow. June when wow. I walked down the aisle with my grandmother's veil and and made those vows. Um, and I just never for a moment thought that that would be my life. Um, mm. But in discovering it, um, naturally it was heartbreaking and shocking. And I just, I, I just had no, no clue. Um, but I stopped right then and there and... Um, really like as I was confronting him with it. Um, and I, I said, um, I told him I, I forgive you and I will choose to forgive you every day. Um, and I, and I just, I, I don't, I don't know why I did that, but I felt that prompting of (laughs) the Holy spirit to do it. Um, and I'm grateful that I did, even though that wasn't necessarily what I lived up to every day because, um, I did always forgive him every day, but it was yeah. something that I really did strive for to try to forgive him every day. But, um, I really did believe that, well, I'm the hurt one. This is, you know, I, 
the kind of the balls in my court in a sense. Like I, I have, I'm, I can, um, I can be the one to, you know, to fix this. If I want to work on it, it will happen. Um, but I, even then it didn't compute that he had a choice to. Sure. So, um, you know, uh, some time went by and, um, and I continued to reach out for restoration, for, um, for help, um, wanting to get, um, wanting to, you know, to go to the classes and read the books and all that stuff and, um, reaching out for restoration and that's not what he chose. So, um, I ended up taking a very painful step of hiring an attorney and Hmm. getting a divorce. And that was, um, that was in 2017 and it was just the most painful, Hmm. heartbreaking, um, experience. It was just really, really, really hard. I moved out of that home with him and I moved back into my parents' basement and, um, I just thought, wow, this, Mm -hmm. this is just not the life that was scripted out for me. This is not the life that I, that, that was traject, that the the trajectory of my life wasn't this way. And now it is. And, um, the experience of hopelessness just was mounting. It was very, very painful. It's like, uh, I had the white picket fence, excuse me. Yeah. You know, like this doesn't happen. What am I doing back in my parents' house? Like, yeah. it's just, we don't see any movie end like that. And, and I was faithful. Like right. I meant my vows. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, um, I know who God is and I know who I am. Mm-hmm. So like, why would this happen to me? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's really, really hard. Yeah. Well, your story is just mind blowing and I'm sure the listeners have so many questions and so I'll try to ask a few of those questions for them to unpack. <laughs> Um, but first, you know, backing up to when you first got married, so there was really no signs. I know you had great people mm-hmm. around you. So this was, was there any sort of signs before you were married, while you were married? Um, not anything that I saw. Um, and now, now that I can look back, I mean, retrospect is 2020, although yeah. I would say it wasn't quite 2020. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a lot of, um, a lot of questions that I had asked him that, um, that were lies, quite mm-hmm. honestly. Um, but there were th- some things that I could have, you know, I could have pressed harder with questions. I could have, um, I could have asked deeper, harder questions to him about his past, um, about his, um, you know, his friendships and how he chooses to engage and do life. Mm-hmm. But those weren't necessarily values for me at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I'm on this side, and so I can, I am, you know, I'm, I'm in a relationship right now um, because, spoiler alert, I did we did get divorced, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that happened. Um, so now that I am in a relationship, I've, I have different values, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, but I didn't see signs and really nobody, nobody did. Mm-hmm. Um, at least as far as they shared with me, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I wanted to bring that up because sometimes you truly are in the place of the victim in a sense mm-hmm. you know it's and yeah. so it's probably easy to look back on that scenario or other people are replaying events in their life of like oh if only I or yeah. if I did that and you know what it's like you just can't control that yeah. so um we can't control everything yeah right. it's so true and then fast forwarding to discovering this I can't even I can't even fathom it and feeling that level of betrayal after having no idea after five and a half years, not to mention something going on before, Mm -hmm. you know, he verbalized those vows to you. And so the fact that you in that moment, and I know there's grief and anger and all the things, but still in that moment to have the capacity to say, 
I acknowledge and know what's going on, but I'm actually going to choose to fight for this marriage. Mm-hmm. I'm going to choose to forgive you. That does not make logical sense. And I feel like is a very rare response. So what gave you the strength to do that? Like, where did that come from? <laughs> it's a really wild. good question. It's wild. Um, I think that when we, when, when we do face kind of these crisis in life, you never really know what's there until mm-hmm. it comes out. Wow. And, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't fault anyone, anybody who finds out this information and chooses to leave immediately because it's, you know, it, it is a breaking of the covenant and there is, you know, it does, it really doesn't matter where you, where you do stand, um, in biblically in your, your, you know, your theology of what divorce is, but there is grounds for divorce, especially in, um, in, in infidelity. Um, but then also in the level of the affair that, that Mm -hmm. it was so extensive. Um, so I mean, my response was that, um, was there because I think I, I did know who God was. Um, and like, and I, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for the, um, for my times in reading the word and in worship, um, because it was all a training ground, um, for going through what I went through, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people that do go through this that don't have the Lord and I don't know how they do that, but they, they do find a way as well. Um, I think the Lord is so gracious to give us strength in, wow. in yeah. whatever season we're in, I think. Um, but I am, I'm immensely grateful for, for the Lord and for his, um, his presence in, yeah. in the crisis for me. Well, I think it so obviously shows too that the deposits that you've made your entire life mm-hmm. um, in your relationship with Christ um, in the communities that you were probably intentional to surround yourself with um, you know, the time with the Lord, the time in the word, like those for all of us are deposits, even when things are going good, things yeah, are going good. Yeah. I think especially when things are going good, actually, yeah. because there's like, you know, we, we can, when, when we need something from God, we often go to him right. in it. And like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to look like I was this like super awesome spiritual leader or whatever. I really wasn't. I, I, I knew God and that was, mm-hmm. my faith was very important to me, but my faith now wow. is like way stronger <laughs> than it was then. But it was very, very important to me then. Mm-hmm. I was, I was in ministry and a different level at that time. But, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I wasn't like, I wasn't doing anything crazy right, right. at that, at that time. Yeah. I would, I would say. Yeah. It just goes to show like the depth and the richness of relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Because if we're in a relationship, we're going to hang out when it's good and when it's bad. Yeah, yeah. And I think that the Lord wants that same level of relationship with totally. us. Totally. But then also there's these moments too, like this was a, it was a pivotal time in life to choose where to go. Yeah. Wow. Like that, mm-hmm. I think that that's really a key. Like we, we have a choice in where we turn yeah. that I, you know, I could have said, I could have blamed God for it like god why didn't you stop me from marrying this guy that lied to me right um and i i could have done that and i think that people some people do that but my that's not where i went and I, that wasn't necessarily a conscious decision it was just like default yeah go to my knees yeah wow i don't know that's beautiful 
and really hard. <laughs> and, it was. <laughs> it was very hard. Yeah. And so moving on to that, I would love yeah. to touch on what did some really practical self-care and like healing look like for you fresh post-divorce? Oh, man. And, and so for those listening, <laughs> yeah. if you've been in a divorce, you know, uh, stay tuned to this. If you've just been in a traumatic experience, mm-hmm. I think this could be really helpful for people. But, you know, physically, like, mm-hmm. um, what did what did that look like for you to start to intentionally heal? Right. Um, it's, it's crazy because you have no idea what you need. Hmm. And wow. it's... Um, you just, I just sort of tried things, I think. Um, cause, uh, kind of in that, in that acute healing, like hard time, um, a lot of it is pain management. Hmm. Cause you don't really, you, like, I, I really didn't have hope that I would ever feel better. Wow. So I was like, I just got to medicate this pain. Yeah. Um, there's not really a hope or you can't really see out of it that someday I'm not going to feel this way. Like quite honestly, that's, that's, I really had, it was a couple months. It was like five months of that for me that I was like, I'm never going to feel better. So I got to kind of self-medicate. I had moments of some hope. There were Mm -hmm. like these little windows, but it was, I mean, it was extremely dark and very depressing at that time. Um, but I mean, practically, um, running was actually a huge thing for me. Um, I was, I've never been a good runner. Um, I, that was something I was I was doing before I discovered this, but um, I started running a lot, and um, I ended up training for a marathon. Um, that wasn't necessarily like the healthiest thing, quite honestly, because my I had a um, a pretty dysfunctional relationship with my body and with food at the time, um, and so that was that was complicated there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to do something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I needed to move, mm-hmm. um, so I spent a lot of hours crying on the road. Um, um, I mean, just like, I guess practically (laughs) there was, uh, I'm trying to think, I guess, um, the biggest thing for me, honestly, um, that I felt that the Lord was calling me to was, um, in my healing journey was something that I call reclaiming, um, Mm -hmm. which is the, um, the very practical aspect of taking back a space that I felt, held pain and hurt for me. Um, so that was, it was actually a practical aspect of stepping towards healing that I thought maybe I could feel better. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would go past and drive past places, um, restaurants and coffee shops. Okay. So I want to pause right here. Do you want to talk about it later? Sorry. Yeah, because I want to move into this. This is the most important thing. Okay, but okay, I also, okay. I also have this question that popped up because totally. if there's someone listening that's going through this or they know someone who's yes. going through a divorce. So if I were to say, hey, Ellie, I know this man or woman who's going through a, a divorce or this traumatic thing, what would you advise me to do for them? Like, how can we, how can we help in those moments? Totally. What to do. Um, I mean, one thing I didn't mention in that was um, I, I started going to therapy almost immediately which was huge yeah. for me. Um, because of the trauma of it, um, I, I needed to talk it out and I needed mm-hmm. to um, receive those practical, those, some practical wisdom mm-hmm. um, from a professional. Yeah. So I can't stress that enough that that was actually very important. It wasn't just running for me. It was like, yeah. let's, get, let's get well yeah. on all levels. Um, so seeking out, seeking out a professional 
counselor, um, I chose to go with a clinical psychologist, um, which was somebody who could tell me about my brain and could tell me about his brain. Hmm. Um, and so I, I really do encourage people to do that. Um, don't try, don't try to do it alone. Mm -hmm. You know, don't try to heal on your own. Um, and then also, um, if you are, (laughs) if you're seeing a friend go through this, um, that is painful and that is hard. Um, I have not walked with somebody as closely, um, as like my family has Mm -hmm. that walked with me. Um, but that, I think that was a very, I think they felt extremely powerless (laughs) in it of just wanting to help and not knowing. Um, and so I would say just be consistent, um, be constant, um, reach out to this, to these people and don't get discouraged when you don't receive a phone call Mm -hmm. back. Um, a lot of times when you're going through a divorce or a really, just even a, a bad breakup too, like you don't know. You, you, we, we can't call you back. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I feel so depressed. I, I, I didn't, I didn't want to be with somebody at the time and I felt so overwhelmed with just my own emotions. Yeah. So, you know, pick a time, maybe, maybe, um, maybe set a reminder on your phone to text that person once a week, um, so that they can know that even just in this, that, that you're going to be consistent with them and not forget them. Um, and don't give advice. I'm giving you advice not to give advice, (laughs) Um, but be a listening ear Mm -hmm. and, um, and be open to hearing them in all of their emotions. Um, the anger, the sadness, the, I mean, rage, like that's real. Mm -hmm. Um, and then if they're happy and wanting to just go out and have a fun time, that's okay too, Mm -hmm. because our emotions in this just are rampant and all over the place. So being consistent Mm -hmm. and, um, and being, being a steady friend, I think is really great. Um, if you are seeing unhealthy behavior, mm-hmm. um, I think it's okay to address those on un- that unhealthy behavior. Um, we do need friends to tell us, Hey, um, maybe don't go and, you know, like slash his tires. <laughs> That's unhealthy <laughs> yeah. behavior, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that that is okay, but just not giving mm-hmm. so much advice, if that makes sense. That's so helpful. I'm so glad you shed light on that. Even for me, those are great tools I have in my tool belt and awareness mm-hmm. to be support. Because we, and, and I think in, in being consistent, we're busy. Yeah. Like, but also if somebody is really going through it and you're close to them, even if you're not close to them, if someone's coming to mind and I'm talking about this, you're like, oh yeah, this friend from high school just got divorced. You can be that friend. Like you can just say, Hey, I'm thinking about you. Um, you know, a lot of times people say, if you need anything, let me know. I don't, I didn't, like I said, I didn't Mm -hmm. know what I needed. So good. So just to, to be intentional with it, I think is, um, and it's an important thing. Great. (laughs) All right, so now that we can all be better friends and family members, (laughs) let's transition to what you call reclaiming. And I just want to preface, this is so important, so key for anyone in this, in Ellie's situation or has just experienced hardship in life, which we all Mm -hmm. have. I think this is a profound practice. And so I'd love to hear uh, what this looked like for you, what it is, what's reclaiming, Mm -hmm. and talk about what you have going on now. Yeah, so when I was going through it, just those couple months that were just excruciating. Um, I, I, 
I lived in the Twin Cities in St. Paul um, with with my ex-husband. And so I'd, I'd drive around and I would face and, rem- and see all of these places that reminded me of my life that I had with him, dates that we would go on, um, even just like parks, um, we would, we went running. And, um, so like there, there's all these reminders of this life that I felt was stolen, you know, these places where love was nurtured. And then I felt like that place was totally stolen Mm -hmm. from me. And I was like, I can't go back there ever again, because if I go there, I'm going to be remembering all those beautiful times that were a lie. And that, um, So there was just a lot of those places, like physical places, also movies and music that I felt I couldn't touch anymore. Um, And when I was praying about this one day, I really felt like the Lord was sharing with me and and encouraging me that you, I didn't have to live in fear of those places anymore, that, Hmm. that he did come to give us life and give it abundantly. And that, that meant that I could live boldly and actually choose to go Hmm. back to that place that I felt that I was avoiding. So, so I chose to go back to restaurants and parks and watch movies again that, um, that felt painful and that felt that I felt that I was avoiding. And, um, I brought friends and I brought family with me to go back to those places. And I called that process reclaiming. So I did make a spreadsheet of all those places. (laughs) And, um, one by one, I, I, I went back and I did it. Um, so my definition of reclaiming is identifying a fearful and painful internal reaction to a place or thing that holds a memory and choosing to face it head on and create a new positive association. So it's this intentionality of stepping into the places that we have been avoiding mm-hmm. um, because it is, it's actually a very powerful thing and, um, and it's, it can be really hard and really scary, mm-hmm. but that's kind of the point mm-hmm. to do it with people that you trust and that, um, that you can make a new memory. Mm-hmm. So once you pass by that, that restaurant that you went to with him, after the fact, after you've gone to reclaim it, you can remember, okay, that's where I went. That's where I went with my ex-husband or with my ex. Mm -hmm. But also I went there with my friends Mm -hmm. and I faced that pain Mm -hmm. and I faced the fear. And, um, that's what I do. I I encourage men and women to go on a reclaiming journey of their own, Mm -hmm. whether that's because of a breakup, um, a sexual assault or the death of a loved one or a divorce. I mean, it doesn't matter really what it is. If there is something that you're avoiding because of, because of a pain that's happened in your life, you do not have to live in avoidance. Mm -hmm. So step in and actually intentionally do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can do it. And it's a, it's, I think it's a really powerful tool for healing. Did you include, I'm totally curious about this, your psychologist at all in this Mm -hmm. practice? I did, yeah. I didn't, I mean, I didn't, she wasn't ever one of my people that went with me. Um, But I I talked with her in um, a lot about it. Mm -hmm. And I still do, actually. I I still see a psychologist regularly. I mean, my, my, what I'm, what I'm processing right now with her is extremely different than, yeah. than what it was, you know, three years ago. Um, but yeah, and, and actually, um, a dear friend of mine who is not my therapist, but she is a psychologist. Um, she, she does trauma therapy and, um, and I've had her on my podcast where she, she, talks with, um, with people who are actually, actually veterans who have, um, who have experienced, um, PTSD mm-hmm. and she does exposure therapy for them. And so actually a lot of what I am doing is exposure therapy yeah. in a much lesser sense of, mm-hmm. of this, you know, like 
near death experience, but I was in fight or flight, Mm -hmm. you know, in this, Mm -hmm. like, um, and so to, to actually put yourself in a position of experiencing that pain, Mm -hmm. um, is, is powerful. And there's a lot of science behind it too. Yeah. Yes. And I know that. And that's why I wanted you to, to bring that up because again, we're such interconnected beings. Mm -hmm. And I, so I feel like even creating this spreadsheet, although that's like (laughs) intense, what a powerful exercise. Yeah. You're auditing your life kind of like, I'm auditing my pain. It's it's funny because yeah. in the Well Woman Intensive, we have an entire session that's called the Story Workshop, awesome. where we kind of map out the high points of our life um, because those are clues for what we're called to in the future, but also the low points. Yeah. And so it's a similar thing of like going back and identifying, yeah. putting things on paper, verbalizing them. And this process that you're taking people through, I feel like is in a sense like just cutting edge and you've, mm. you've tapped into something that is... Um, scientifically proven it's spiritual it's a spiritual practice the Lord wants to bring restoration in every area yeah this is what this is what Nehemiah did in the the book of Nehemiah in the Old Testament he he went back to Jerusalem and he saw that the walls were destroyed and so he walked around and he had his little checklist and he was like okay well the Johnson by the Johnson's house it needs to be like this and um and so he so he practically put on paper what needed to happen and the restoration that needed to happen and um and that actually brought the <laughs> that brought the healing to Jerusalem too, wow. which is just super cool. That's yeah. a great book for people to read. I what, would what encourage. Book? Oh, Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Yes, yeah. totally. Um, so, if you were to sit down, Ellie, with uh, the heartbroken woman mm-hmm. today, I, I do. Yeah, and you do do this yeah. in your in your ministry, um, just in what you do. Yeah. So what would you what would you tell her today in the midst of the pain of where that place you were at? What would you what would your encouragement to her be? Well, I would want to hear her story first. I really would. I want to like, um, but it really is my heart to um, to bring hope, and um, and my my ministry is called Hope Reclaimed because I believe that hope is always present mm-hmm. even when we experience hopelessness. Um, hopelessness is an emotion, but it's not, it's not the truth actually, um, that, that hope is real and it will get better. Hmm. It's really hard for someone to hear that when you don't feel it. (laughs) So I'm, I'm careful in, in doing that because I never want hope to sound fluffy to, um, to sound trite ever. Mm -hmm. Um, hope is something so deep and so rich Um, and, and when you feel hopeless and when you feel so, so broken, like it's never, ever going to get better. Yeah. I've been there and, and I, I know what that is like. Like Mm -hmm. I really, really do. I know what it's like to just want things to end because things suck so much. Mm -hmm. Um, but the truth is that these remain faith, hope, and love. Mm -hmm. The greatest of these is love. But hope remains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hope is not a. It is not a fruit of the spirit. Actually, hope is present constantly, wow. and so we can hold on to that even when disappointment has been so present. Even when when you felt um, just totally broken for whatever it is that's happened to you, um, pain is not comparable. Pain is pain. So what you've gone that's through good. is as hard as you've gone through yeah. it. And I am sorry about that, but it does not matter what you've gone through because there is hope. Hmm. Like your situation is not the exception. Mm -hmm. I really, really believe that. I'm careful to tell people that because I, 
I never want it to sound trite, like I right. said. But it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Like it well, I think your is. story is so powerful because you have literally walked through this. You have mm-hmm. you have been through the heartbreak and the trauma and now you're walking through it and in a lot of ways you're on the other side in a mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Um, and you are turning back around and saying like, okay, I'm going to hold your hand through this too, mm-hmm. sister. And, you know, <laughs> and men for that me- yeah. instance who yeah. are going through this. And so to hear someone who you can relate with, who has felt those feelings and been mm-hmm. where it's just more powerful to hear that yep. story from you than yeah. for me, because I haven't been through that, which I'm, yeah. I'm so grateful that you're being courageous to share this come on this podcast and many others so just um where can people get a hold of you um let us know what are you doing with hope reclaimed Mm -hmm. what does it all entail i want to know yeah so i have a weekly podcast that goes out it's called hope reclaimed um so i can find it you can find it on wherever you listen to your podcast if you listen wherever you're listening to this one you can find me (laughs) and um yeah, and I have a um, I have a support group as well. Actually, I call it a non-support group support group because, um, but yeah, it's a it's a group of women that get together and um, we talk about our stories. Yes, but then we sh- we look and kind of direct our gaze to where God is leading us right now um, and what's happening. What can I do? Where is my what is what is my part in mm-hmm. in the healing process right mm-hmm. now? Never want to discount a story, um, the emotions that you're experiencing, but um, always looking towards the hope. And um, so I do that. If um, if you're somebody who's listening to this and um, you're looking for that support, um, and our local right for the is local, but I also do. Um, I have a virtual community oh as well. Oh my goodness, awesome! So we meet on Zoom, on Zoom, okay. which is a um, a video conference Love call. That. Um, a lot of times people don't know how to, or they, you know, they don't want to get out of bed or leave yeah. the house. So yeah. even if you are local and you want to just meet virtually, um, that can be a great way to, um, I love that. to just get some help yeah. that you need. Um, so if, you know, you can certainly feel free to reach out to me about that information as well. I'm hopefully going to be, um, working on a men's group at some point. I will not be cool. the leader of that group. Um, but I definitely want to, I, I want to reach that community as yeah, well in a, yeah. um, in a real practical way. Um, so that's sort of, th- those are sort of like the, the practicals of the ministry right now, which is, um, yeah, the, the podcast and the community, um, with some other things that I'm not quite releasing just yet, yeah. but, um, but that are in the works. Yeah. So. But good. Ellie, yeah. Ellie is one to watch. Um, she is the real deal through and through. So what's the number one takeaway from our conversation today, Ellie, that you would, um, share to the audience as far as, you know, reclaiming our, our life and, mm-hmm. and trauma? Uh, there's hope. And um, hope often means um, a step. So for me, that step was wow. actively going to the place that I felt was stolen. Wow. Um, you can do that. And often that means holding on and claiming hope for yourself. Yeah. So, um, so that, that, that hope is there. Mm-hmm. I love it. So take that to heart. Um, well woman to number one, there's hope. Number two, <laughs> what is your step mm-hmm. to really step into that? And I encourage you to connect uh, with Ellie at hope reclaimed. Um, if you are someone who feels alone, who needs support, um, and tools to walk through this season. So thanks again, Ellie, for coming on the Thank show. Thank you so much, Brooke. This yeah. is my pleasure. Every time I hear Ellie's story, retold, it gives me chills and it challenges 
my own faith. It challenges my own responses when things in my life or people in my life don't act as I would expect. And so I hope you're leaving with the same amount of hope um, that Ellie extended to each one of us today and encouraged to reclaim any area of your life that you've experienced disappointment or trauma into. So remember to screenshot this episode, tag me at Well Women Co. and Ellie at Hope Reclaimed. We'd love to hear where are you listening from? How is this impacting you? So we can continue the conversation. Also, don't forget to rate and review. That's how more people find this encouraging message. That's how you can help us out in a really big way. Have a great day and we can't wait to see you next time. Mm